Hello, everybody. This week, last week on Earth is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. So go to their website and purchase something. It'll be 50% off most items, plus three free gifts, plus another free gift, plus free shipping. All you have to do is enter the promo code last week when you check out, and boom, you're there. Uh, more about that during the podcast, which begins right now. Mitt Romney makes shocking revelation. John Hamm slams Kim Kardashian. Snooki lied about not being pregnant, meaning she's pregnant. Pink slime being fed to school kids. We collectively bend the space-time continuum. Parents leave their three-year-old with a cartoon mouse. Kirk Cameron thinks gay people are destructive. Britney Spears settles down her sexual harassment. All this and more during the... Last week on Earth with Ben Lee. We will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Another week has gone by. This is the last week on Earth. Again, I don't mean to sound redundant, you know what I mean? But weeks go by. It's every, every time though. It's like I get proven right time and time again. Each week, what just, what just passed us the last week did. Okay. And it's just obvious to me. And it should be obvious. Anybody with a calendar, which reminds me, by the way, something very annoying. I'm sure we all are frustrated by it. Can we finally wise up as a society? as a global society and stop having calendars start with Sunday. The week does not start with Sunday for nobody. Nobody in the planet starts their work week on Sunday. All and all this does is let me give you an example. My brother's uh 30th birthday recently happened. We went on a cruise for his 30th birthday and I was looking forward to this cruise, right? But I was not able to draw a picture of a ship over the Saturday and Sunday with birthday candles atop the ship and look forward to this great ship. Instead, I had to draw half a ship and a dash and then another half a ship on the whole next line. Made it look like the ship was sinking, like it hit something sharp and was sinking. And that's the opposite of a birthday celebration. So let's just give it up already and put the weekend together on the calendar. I mean, it should be easy breezy cover girl. If you ask me, and nobody did, we're brought to you this week by wind energy. We don't have any negative effect on the world. We create no pollution. So let's ignore us. Wind energy. We're breezy. Um, reminds me of a story from this last week from my life. I 
was uh, working on a project in Palm Springs, a secret project I'll tell you about in the future. And um, driving down there, I don't know if you've ever been to Palm Springs, but we drive to Palm Springs, all of a sudden you see these um, windmills, these like metal, huge, enormous, white, looks like propeller, propellers of a helicopter just on these sticks. And it's a desert, and there's hundreds and hundreds of them, and they're never moving, they're, they're, they're never spinning. So I don't know, it seems like it's like a low wind area or something. And they never are creating wind energy, it seems like. But they're a pretty sight to see when you go to Palm Springs. And last night, actually middle of the night, just like about five and a half hours ago, I'm driving back from Palm Springs to record this podcast uh, in my apartment, which, by the way, Brian Cranston called a shithole apartment. And I disagree because I live here and I put a lot of care into the decor and the upkeep, and to ignore the the cheapness of the rest of it, I try to hide it. I got art on the walls, um, you know. I have a working restroom, so I don't know. How do you define shithole? I don't define shitholes as art on the walls. I also own magazines, so I feel as though let's not judge. But um, whatever, you know. It was nice having him here. Anyway, so driving back from Palm Springs. And I'm only on one hour sleep for this whole project I was working on before that drive. So I'm driving back on one hour sleep and it's late at night, in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden it feels like I'm drunk or something. Like the car's like shaking as I'm driving back. And I almost like I'm like not being able to stay on the road. And I wasn't drunk. So I was confused. And then I thought, okay, relax, Ben. You're just a little bit delirious because you didn't sleep much. It's probably wind. It feels like wind is pushing you off the road, but there's, you know, there's all these buildings on the side. And I was like, I, I wish, and I was getting a little freaked out about it. I was like, I, you know, speeding down a highway. I'm like, I wish there was some sign that could literally prove to me if it is wind or not. And then not two seconds later, I saw those giant windmills and they were chugging suddenly, spinning around. And maybe my lack of sleep, it took me about 10 seconds to realize that was the exact sign I was asking for. I was like, oh, look at those, look at those big metal things spinning. They're finally spinning. And I'm like, oh. That means the wind is kicking like crazy. And my theory was proven true. And uh so that worked out well. Um but um I got home. I made it through the wind. Feels like you're going through wilderness though when you do. I made it through the wilderness. Yeah, I made it through. I wrote that while driving home and um I'm going to try to sell it because I feel like that's probably a dope song people would enjoy listening to. And I'd like to make money on dope song creation. So, you know, it's not, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to try to sell it to Lady Gaga or something because she likes her very original tunes that sound nothing like other artists. So I'm just going to sell that to her and see what, you know, see what, see what happens. Um, by the way, I'm coming to Indianapolis and I've been saying this Morty's Comedy Club, March 29th through 31st. And tonight I'll be at Comedy Juice of the Hollywood Improv. Next week on Tuesday, I'll be at, uh, Thursday, I'll be at the Ice House. And the following week on the 27th of March, I'll be at the Irvine Improv. All comedy juice shows. Bangleeb.com for dates. Um, our first real story, Coke and Pepsi. And I hope you're gripping yourself in a strange way to hear this story. It's big news. It, it, it's shocking news. It's going to rock you like a hurricane. Speaking of wind energy. Coke and Pepsi are going to change their caramel coloring. They already have decided to do this. New cans are already being churned out. Why are they doing that? 
Apparently their caramel coloring is a carcinogen. That just came out. Um, now they're def- in their defense, they claim it's an unfounded study that for whatever reason, the, uh, the food and drug administration, the FDA decided to put their caramel coloring on a list of carcinogens because it did cause cancer in lab rats. But they say it does not cause cancer, not proven at all, at least in human beings. Um, the soda industry, Coke and Pepsi, by the way, comprise 90% of the soda market. Not surprising because they're delicious and they're ubiquitous. You know, they have a whole stranglehold on the, on the poppy fizzy market. But they say that a human being would need to drink a thousand cans of soda a day to reach the doses that have been shown to cause cancer in rodents. So I'm screwed. I mean, that's not even hard to hit. I hit a thousand cans of soda by lunch. So it's like, where does someone like me turn, you know? And also, how much does it speak to the vanity of our society that we need coloring in our foods and drinks even at all? Like, artificial flavoring is bad enough, but at least you can argue, well, it tastes better when you flavor it. But we, how vain are we? We need coloring. I will not drink that unless it looks a certain silky, smoothie caramel color. No, 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 no. Even though it's just going to make more chemicals in my insides have to and have to process that. I'd like it to look silky smooth. So one time I visited Amish country in Pennsylvania. And they sell Tic Tacs. Yeah, they do. But in a clever twist, their Tic Tacs are in a tinted colored container, be it orange for orange or green for mint. But the Tic Tacs themselves are white. Now, is that healthier or is it racist? You got to ask yourself that question. Ask yourself that question. My YouTube channels, youtube.com slash bglebe. Got it organized. Got some videos up there. But it's new, so I got like no subscribers, like very few. So check it out. Subscribe to that shizzle dizzle. Ham slam Kardashian. What does that mean? I'll explain. John Ham, acclaimed actor, star of the television program on AMC, Mad Men, attacked, verbally attacked, Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton and their ilk. Uh, this week in L UK, L Magazine in the United Kingdom. Uh, Mad Men's come back later this month. Maybe he wants to stir up a little free publicity. Maybe he's got a bone to pick with these ladies. He said, and I quote, whether it's Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian or whoever, stupidity is certainly celebrated. Being a fucking idiot is a valuable commodity in this culture because you're rewarded significantly. Incuriousness has become cool. It's celebrated. Doesn't make sense to me, added Ham. I mean, I hear you, dog. Before I jump into the fray with my opinion, let's hear how Kim Kardashian herself responded on Twitter, writing, I just heard about the comment John Ham made about me in an interview. I respect John. I'm a firm believer that everyone is entitled to their own opinion and that not everyone takes the same path in life. We're all working hard and we all have to respect one another. Calling someone who runs their own businesses is part of a successful TV show, produces, writes, designs, and creates stupid is, in my opinion, careless. 
She wrote that while recording a new sex tape. She really is a multitasker. She can multitax like nobody's business. She literally multitaxes, actually. Not even multitasks. She gets taxed while doing lots of other stuff. She gets her nails done, pops out a couple sex videos, while firing off carefully worded responses to people named Ham. It's a weird name, by the way. Ham? Name yourself Ham. Of all the of all the breakfast meats, I'd rather be like Billy Sausage. You know what I mean? Kevin Bacon's ever going to win an Academy Award. Side note. You know why? Can you ever picture that being fucking announced? And the Academy Award nominee for Best Actor. The nominees are... Kevin Bacon. Holly Hashbrowns. Sammy Sausage. John Hamm. And the winner is... Lawrence Fishburne. Never going to hear Kevin Bacon winning an Oscar. Named after bacon. But I digress totally there. Um, that response from Kim Kardashian, I thought she makes some good points. Sounds written by a publicist, but she makes some good points. Here's the thing. She does run a lot of businesses. She works a lot of hours. You know, I don't, I've been on the set of, of, of a few reality shows, done some work in some reality shows. It's a grueling day, you know? So I don't feel like scripted acting is that much that much more it's certainly more of an art of course it's an art compared to just filming you on your phone texting people like the kardashian program often does it's not like they depict her as a busy businesswoman that much they more depict her as like kind of a bratty complainer who wants to get married and then it's like i'm gonna have kids should i talk nothing about that no i'm gonna get a divorce should i talk to my husband about that where is he he moved he moved states. Oh, well, how do you give someone divorce papers in another state? What am I supposed to fly there and visit Ham? I didn't mean to say Ham. Visit him, not Ham. Um, but on the flip side, I think I have to tip the scale to John Ham because his point is valid. Is that just generally speaking, I don't think even Kim Kardashian or Paris Hilton or whoever are the ones to blame. It's the TV executives and the audience that watches it in droves. That watches this crap. Granted, I think oftentimes we don't even know it's crap. It's like we just give, we're giving this nine month, nine munning. I meant to say mind numbing. I said nine munning. You know why? Cause my mind is numb and my nine is mum. Both of those. So it's, you know, it's an ongoing saga. I'm sure we'll be reporting back again, but it's just tough. Speaking of ham, pink slime beef being sold to school kids. Uh, what's referred to as pink slime, the ammonia treated meat that has even been rejected by fast food places like McDonald's, Taco Bell, and Burger King is being brought in by the tons for the nation's school lunch program. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is purchasing 7 million pounds of the slime for school lunches. The Daily reports this. It's officially termed lean beef trimmings. It's a good way to cover up the name Pink Slime. Um, it's a product of ground-up beef scraps, cow connective tissues, and other beef trimmings. Mm, all the trimmings that are treated with ammonium hydroxide to kill pathogens like salmonella and E. coli. Then it's blended into things like ground beef and hamburger patties. It's served to our kids. And get this, they still are finding... 
tons of instances of E. coli and salmonella in them. So we're just adding ammonia in there just for a little bonus. We're just putting ammonia in there. Why not throw some extra ammonia up in this piece? Interesting side note I failed to mention about the caramel coloring in the sodas, which is quite uh, interesting, is that um, the reason it became a, a labeled as a cancerous substance is because the caramel coloring also uses ammonia sulfite. This is a good week for ammonia infiltrating our foods. I mean... Are there certain things we can just observably realize? Okay, certain things are black and white. Should a church group or religious organization be forced to provide contraception if it's against their moral beliefs? Maybe it's a tougher issue. Should we serve ammonia to our school children? No. I think fairly clearly that's a, that's a no. And here's another interesting twist in this story. Another controversy of the pink slime, there's several safety concerns of it, not just the ammonium hydroxide in the food that can be harmful to eat. It also has the potential to turn into ammonium nitrate. Get this, a common component in homemade bombs. So now we're giving our children the equipment to turn their sloppy joes into explosives. And we're letting this stand. We're just going to let this exist in America of the USA, of America's lands. Native Americans who originally owned this place would be very pissed. When I was driving back from Palm Springs, that's when I stopped through the sovereign Indian nation of Morongo. It was the middle of the night. Nobody had anything to say about it. Interesting side note, they have a big casino there called the Morongo Casino. Their name is Morongo. Lose your money in our casino. Their slogans, let's go. It's like the morons are like, let's go. They just took college morons, told us to go. Let's go do it. Explosives in school meat is not cool, guys. We have a for real sponsor this week. This is very exciting. Not the made up sponsors I say at the beginning. This is somebody actually that is paying to support this show. So that is something that it, it makes me want to cry. Um, it's very exciting for me. Um, AdamandEve.com is supporting our show this week. Um, fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Uh, maybe you've been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie. Well, here's an offer you will not be able to resist, especially for all of you listening to Last Week on Earth. You go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time, you will get 50% off pretty much any item on their store, just about any item. But that's not even it. You think that's it? No, I wouldn't just make, let that be it. When you select the one item at 50% off, you will also get three free adult DVDs to help you get inspired when you're getting your, your biscuits ready. Okay? Plus an extra gift on top of that. This gift is so sensual. I cannot mention it to you on the podcast. It's not for podcastable ears. Okay? And to top that off, they're even going to throw in free shipping on the entire order. I'm not joking, guys. I know oftentimes I'm joking on this show. This is serious as a heart attack. It's more serious than a heart attack. You can get a heart attack and ignore it and you can just go on with like a, a, a weird heart that's not fully functional. This you can't ignore because it's too, it's too great. Just go to adamandeve.com for this special offer. When you check out, type in the code 
last week. That's very key. Make sure you type in the offer code last week with no no uh, spaces. L a s t w e e k. If you're not sure how to spell it, um, no space in between the two words, and you get this offer. Okay, fifty percent off one item, three free DVDs, an extra free gift, and free shipping. Offer code last week when you check out. So let me say it this way. If you've always kind of wanted a sex toy, for example, and you've never had the courage to buy it or you've been embarrassed to buy it, now go on the site, buy it, get all these free gifts. And if anybody questions you on it, if anybody does find out, they won't find out. But if they did, say to them, um, if you're embarrassed, you could say, uh, I'm just supporting Last Week on Earth, uh, which has a lot of very important news stories. I'm supporting in, in intelligent news stories. And whatever sex toys come in the mail, that's just, you know, what I have to do to support the news. That's what you can tell people. Game Change, the HBO movie, aired this week. Uh, I watched it. Very good. Very engaging. Julianne Moore doing a pretty good uh, Sarah Palin. She's a little too intelligent, Julianne Moore. You couldn't really infuse her with the full uh, lunacy and idiocy that Sarah Palin sometimes embodies, but... It was very well done. It reminded us of the very intriguing, engaging 2008 presidential campaign. And Sarah Palin herself had a response to the film. And I quote, I'm not going to see the movie. Neither is the good Senator John McCain. She always uses, like, what is she reading? A fairy tale? The good Senator John McCain from Oz. She told us to Fox News. She goes, we've discussed this and realized that Hollywood lies are Hollywood lies. The thing is spot on accurate. Tons of sources, well-documented things covered in there. She, she, for example, the movie set shows her preparing for the debate. She keeps calling, oh, calling Biden, oh Biden. That happened. Didn't, that's not bullshit. They're going to do what they can do to drum up their money and their machine. And their machine happens to be very pro-leftist, pro-Barack Obama machine there at HBO. She literally talks like she's Hansel and Gretel. I don't know how she speaks. Doesn't make any sense. Um, but it's a good movie. And the one, it reminded me of the one very good thing about our long, drawn out, arduous political process in this country when we elect a president is at least we put them through something arduous. That's a good thing, I think, because we see how they handle pressure. We see how they react. Um, when they have everybody's eyes on them. And we make them explain to us their their values. And if they're idiots and have never read a magazine or a newspaper, enough they can mention one of them while being interviewed by Katie Couric, you end up losing the election. So at least the process, I think, gives us a good shot at seeing where our candidates' uh, holes are. They showed us some of Sarah Palin's holes, is all I'm trying to say. We looked at them, we decided we're not going to go that direction. Even though our process is very gossipy and exploitative, still, it does weed people out pretty good. Um, this next story is not particularly funny at all. Uh, some shitty news this week that's going to set back our efforts in Afghanistan quite largely. An American soldier, it seems, flipped out just a couple of days ago and killed a bunch of innocent people in Afghanistan. Shot 16 people in two villages. Just indiscriminately, like, he, he snapped, went through his was shooting and killing innocent men, women, and children even. Um, obviously, you know, one person who snaps, you can't question a whole war effort based on that. But he did 
sustained brain trauma about two years ago that after his third tour in Iraq before going to Afghanistan and I feel like maybe those people, if they have severe brain trauma, should not be put back into combat. But it brings up a more interesting point. It's why are we still in Afghanistan? Why are we there? We're in, you know, if it's important to us to be the good guys, the red, white, and blue of our good old glory, the American flag that all the things represents, the things on Superman's costume, we have to actually not try to sweep under the rug when we do bad things and then expect other parts of the world to be perfect citizens. That's not how it works. We're in this war, right, where there are a lot of civilian casualties in Afghanistan, and even our vice president can't articulate why we're there. Our president doesn't articulate it that well either. There are, this is document, there are less than 50 members of Al-Qaeda left in Afghanistan. Most have migrated to Pakistan. That's where the drone attacks we've been doing have been pretty effective. And a targeted way to attack Al-Qaeda, like we got Bin Laden, that, that's effective. They are the bad guys. They're like truly bad guys. They're like evil dudes. Swinging on monkey bars and shit. Those training videos. But we have an entire war going on to capture 50 dudes. We have over 100,000 troops to capture 50 people. That's like strength in numbers or something. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You want to catch those 50 guys, have all of our troops, hold hands in a circle around the hills of Afghanistan, and slowly walk inwards. You're bound to cover every inch of ground that way. It's proven. We learned this in elementary school. So let's just get out of Afghanistan and not have wars that we don't even know the reason why we're there. We already said we're drawing down 2014. We're going to be drawing down anyway. They know the ending. Taliban's just chilling out, waiting for us to leave. They're going to come right back in power. We're just wasting billions and billions and billions of dollars. But it's hard to really, it's hard to know what our national priorities are sometimes when we don't even cover the wars much in the news. I'm sorry for talking about that story for, for so long. Let's go on to more important news. Rachel Bilson shorts and lip gloss update. Hollywood star Rachel Bilson keeps it cute in a pair of short shorts and Brian Atwood booties. As she stepped out on Thursday night in Hollywood, Rachel currently graces the cover of Lucky Magazine's latest issue and spoke with the mag about her go-to lip color. And I quote, Dr. Pepper Lip Smacker's been my number one since my early teens. Close quote. I repeat, her go-to lip color since her early teens is Dr. Pepper Lip Smacker. Our next story, Fukushima Daiaki. Still leaking radiation as the one-year anniversary of the horrible tragedy in Japan passes. Triple disaster in Japan. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. I wouldn't wish one disaster upon anybody. But three in a row, earthquake followed by tsunami, followed by nuclear meltdown. And it's still leaking radiation. And the town immediately surrounding the reactor is a ghost town, still deserted. Like it would be a great set for a Twilight Zone episode. Submitted for your approval. One town. Abandoned. 
by nuclear energy. Still the supermarket aisles, filled with goods, most of it spoiled, in the twilight zone. My point is, not to make light of a bad situation, my point is, can we please, as a planet, realize nuclear weapons, nuclear energy, I'm sorry, is not a good energy source? Can we abandon that? The stuff that's like, that's, you know, oil-based energy sending pollutants into the air, you can see that, it's creating problems. At least it's not, it doesn't have the tangible evidence of like, look, you can't live in a town when the, when the shit leaks. How bad do we need energy? Let's use some wind, solar, some clean energy, some clean fuels. At least not, let's not create nuclear reactions so we can power my fridge. I do like the microwave things though. That's the only nice thing. I like the microwave things. There's an app for couch surfing. That story came out this last week. An app to figure out whose couches in different cities you can best crash on based on compatible features and your personalities that match. How much of a lazy ass with no friends do you have to be to create this app, let alone download it? Very much, I would, I would say. They match messy people with messy people and anal people, people who are also anal. Usually sites that match people based on anal qualities involve surfing on more than someone's couch. Those are more like crotch surfing websites. So this didn't need to exist. I'd like to play you a commercial for a healthcare company. And the first sentence this woman speaks in this ad is very incredulous. Please take a listen. It's hard to believe this, this, this is, this is actually um, how somebody sees their own daughter. I love that my daughter's part fish, but when she got asthma, all I could do was worry. Specialists, lots of doctors, lots of advice, and my hands were full. I couldn't sort through it all. With United Healthcare, it's different. Okay, okay. To great okay, she she's trying to breeze right by saying her daughter's part fish. Start talking about healthcare with this program. My daughter has asthma. Your daughter's part fish? I mean, that's a medical emergency. You don't have time for to, to weigh your health plan options. Your daughter is part fish. Rush her immediately to a doctor or a veterinarian. Get her looked at. She should either be saved from becoming a full fish and turn back into a human girl, or she should become full fish. But just being stuck in this limbo state of part fish, part human, it's, it, I mean, it's not good for her self-esteem. We talked a few weeks ago about young kids who don't know what gender they are and they believe they're a different gender. But can you imagine this young girl connects so much to her goldfish that she thinks she is part fish? And this mom just breezes by it like it's okie dokie. My daughter's part fish. But let's talk about something interesting. Like, whoa, you're burying the lead, honey, honey bear. Why did I call her honey bear? Daylight savings time happened this last week. The one of two times a year we prove that the whole concept of time is fake and meaningless. Oh, and that we are constantly fooling ourselves into thinking we know anything about anything. Isn't that strange? We just alter time whenever we feel like it. The one constant that chugs through into the future constantly. Hey, you know that that one thing? That one thing that we can't stop? The forward progress of time? Let's just Let's just stop it. Just for these two days a year, 
Let's create a time machine with our minds. And they say we do it really to save energy and extend the day and all that. We break the laws of physics to save energy. And most of the planet agrees on this somehow. We can't even agree on improving a car's gas mileage to save energy. But somehow we convince the world to save energy by bending the space-time continuum? How'd that phone call go? Person of France picks up, hello? You would like to bend the space-time continuum to... I'm on board. They don't speak no more. You have Francis sign up, push, uh, Francis permission to go ahead and uh, change the time. Yes, I do have to talk like this. It is the way I talk in my accent. Um, I mean, it costs us, by the way, just so you know, $3 per person per year on daylight savings. We pass the savings on to you. I mean, President Italy gets a ring from the Time Commission. This is the President of Italy. What do you think you're doing messing with the space-time continuum, huh? What's the matter with you? Oh, it's to make the day artificially longer to save energy. Count to me in. How did we arrive at this decision? I don't know how we rove arrived at that decision. Newt Gingrich this week, this last week, was speaking at APAC, the American-Israeli Political Action Conference, very powerful lobby. Make sure our ally Israel has their interests met. And while he was in the live satellite feed, waiting to be uh, brought in live to talk to these people, he was sleeping, took a nap on camera for quite a while. And then finally wakes up, they introduce him. He has no idea what's going on. Let's play that clip. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming back to the APAC Policy Conference candidate for president and former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. I look forward to, as I understand that you have a panel, I look forward to uh, any questions. This long gap right here is the guy, the moderator, trying to figure out what to do because there is no panel. What does he do? Does he tell Gingrich? He seems so sleepy. M- Mr. Speaker, there is not a panel. And, okay. And, 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 please, please do continue, sir. Where will we take the conversation? Let's see. Right, let me just say, I say this pretty briefly, I think. We need a fundamental reassessment of our entire understanding of the threat of radical Islam. There's where you go. That's where you go. When you're sleepy, you know what you're talking about. Just quickly go to radical Islam threats. It's a great way to shift off the fact that you're asleep and have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, uh, same way radical Islam is attacking us. Radical Islam, uh, is coming our way. It's because they're, they're attacking us. So, uh, anyway, can I go back to bed now? Uh, I'll keep you safe from terror. I'll bring gas down 250. Even though I have no math to prove that, but I'm just gonna say whatever I can to win. So I like to say things. I, I even said yes to marriage to a bunch of women. And it's just because I wanted to get laid more with them consistently. And that it's, you know, so that's what's part of it. Except, uh, you know, if they get sick, they're probably, they might die so I can leave them early. And anyway, I'm so tired. I don't know why I'm rambling like this. You, you ramble when you get tired. Anyway, radical Islam is gonna, is trying to kill us. So I'm gonna reduce the gas. I have a lot of gas. I'm a large man with, with, with a strange digestive system. Um, I, I never understood it. It's hard for me to understand. I used to be speaker at the house. Uh, any questions from the panel? There's no panel? Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>
I'm looking at yours. Oh, help America. What would I like to help America? Uh, Mitt Romney made another error, said he knows more team owners appearing on the Paul Feinbaum radio network, which I didn't even know was a radio network. I didn't even know Paul Feinbaum was a person. He was talking about Peyton Manning being a free agent now, and he spoke kind of eloquently about the situation in the NFL and Peyton Manning's uh, prospects of what team he might go to. And in the answer said, you know, actually I'm friends with the owners of Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets, two places that are considering taking him. People are criticizing him for this. He's mentioning he knows owners again, like that NASCAR quote. All right, not everything is a situation, okay? Not everything is a national news issue, okay? The guy is super rich. Of course he knows team owners. He's running for president and he's super rich. The guy knows a lot of super rich people. Would you rather he lies? Would you rather he he covers shit up? I don't know anybody rich. I only hang out with poor people. I'm Mitt Romney. I hang with the poor constantly. I have them slick my hair down in the morning. This guy is being honest for crying out loud. Not everything is an issue. In a nice development for his personality, Romney seems to be becoming a little bit less robotic during this last week, which brings up a, a very difficult existential question. What happens when robots learn to act human, what do we do? He said this week, and I quote, If I'm president, we're going to cut federal spending, we're going to cap federal spending, and we're going to finally have a balanced budget. And by the way, politicians always say that, but I'm not really a politician. I guess I kind of am. Because I was governor for four years, I run for office, but my heart is a conservative businessman. So less robotic because... He's questioning himself. I'm kind of a businessman, sort of, but not really. Am I? Who am I? That's something robots normally can't do, that kind of existential questioning of one's own nature. But then he gets real robotic again at the end when he says, but my heart is a conservative businessman. He's just revealed to us he does not have a heart. And his heart has been replaced by a miniaturized businessman. Can you picture that? It makes so much sense about Mitt Romney. In place of where a human heart should be, he has a miniature businessman pumping oil through his veins instead of blood. This is big news. It is now clear that Romney spent the years after being governor developing miniaturizing technology to have a very conservative miniature businessman implanted into his body. This explains his flip-flops from being pro-choice to pro-life from wanting everybody to have health care to promising to overturn health care. He had his heart removed. The little guy inside his heart's like, let's screw people over for money. He's like, you got it, miniature businessman. He also had his penis replaced by a gold plaque. It says, businessman of the year. Instead of a penis. How do you pee out of a plaque? It brings up a lot of questions. Iran's responding to all the tough talk about attacking its nuclear facilities and announced it will allow IAEA inspectors, the International Atomic Energy Agency inspectors, to inspect its Parchin military base, where they're suspected of experimenting with nuclear warheads. With new designs for nuclear warheads. First of all, I'd still recommend to them to go with pointy. It's the best shape for nuclear warheads. Secondly, I never understand 
how being allowed to just inspect one site or select sites in a country means anything. Because even if they are experimenting and developing these, these weapons, here's what they would do. And just, I'm, I'm just spitballing here if I were in charge of Iran, say. You say, okay, sure. You want to check out the parts and facility? Come Thursday. And say today is Wednesday. Right? Say, let's help them come next Thursday. Now I got a week and a day. Here's what I would do. I would move them. I put them in the back of a, like a minivan. Throw a blanket over them. Sure, it'll be kind of missile shaped under that blanket. But it's inside a van, it's covered. Drive it elsewhere. Let the people come in and be like, yeah, look, it's not in here. What do you mean? Sure, that garage door is big enough to hold a van, but we would never, we, what, this is, this is, we would never use a van for anything where I ran. We would use Iran's. We wouldn't use Ivan's. Listen, you're changing the topic. Let's look around. It's not in here. Send me is hot in here. Can we turn the air conditioner on because we have amazing new nuclear powered air conditioning. I mean, <laughs> regular powered air conditioning. Why, why would you? It's wind. It's wind. It's a spinning. It's like helicopter blades in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Two researchers at Carnegie Mellon University have calculated that if we all read every privacy policy on every website we visit in a year, an average of 1,460 websites per person, it would take 76 full-time working days. The median privacy policy is 2,500 words long, the Week magazine reports. Now, this is... A very validating study because I have read every privacy policy of every website I've visited for the last 10 years. And I've lost 760 days of my life. And I'd like it to stop. Look, the point is, it's ridiculous to have policies, iTunes user agreements. You have to click every time they update. There's like a billion pages long. Obviously, nobody's reading it. Now, maybe that's our fault. But I think it's the companies taking advantage of us. Why can't you have privacy policies or user agreements that are like one paragraph? Should be eight bullet points and you're done. Don't get all your legal mumbo jumbo and try to confuse me into clicking yes. I really want to download Color Me Bad's album I haven't listened to in a bunch of years, even though I know it so well. I adore. Reading more privacy policies. I adore reading boring shit. Me more. Listen, babe. Snooky lied about not being pregnant. You know what that means, everybody? Snooky's pregnant. Second, I told my girlfriend about this. Her immediate response was, "Ew, that's so gross." I think that's how America feels. Snooki's pregnant. She finally took to the cover of Us Weekly this week to confirm what we've all been suspecting. She's got a miniature Guido in the oven. But why did the orange reality star lie to Good Morning America just a few weeks back when asked if she was expecting a baby? Why would she do that? She sat down for numerous press interviews in early February to promote her her upcoming spin-off reality show with Wow, each time denied she was expecting. But she now admitted that she knew back then she was pregnant. Quote, shit, I've been drinking. That was her first thought when she found out she had a, a baby inside of her. 
I was worried. It was New Year's Eve, and we were in Vegas, so I did go crazy. But the Huffington Post asked the question in everybody's mind. Was waiting to sell her story to Us Weekly worth lying to her fans? Well, I I don't think so, Huffington Post. I'm hurt. I'm betrayed. You know, I feel a little shocked. I feel like she made all of us a little less orange with her lies. But best of luck to her and her little miniature baby. I'm sure that kid will come out with no issues in his life. He'll probably be born, be a big reader. That kid. Who knows? Who knows? Kurt Cameron, this is a story I missed last week, but I wanted to cover it. Um, you may have heard said some pretty strong anti-gay comments um, when he appeared on Piers Morgan. I'd like to play you the first clip of what he said. Then we'll get back and we'll talk about it. Do you think homosexuality is a sin? I think that it's... Uh... It's 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 unnatural. I think that it's 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 detrimental and uh, ultimately destructive to so many uh, of the foundations of civilization. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why do we give a shit? First of all, what the growing pains kid says. I don't. He's the growing pains kid. Who gives a shit? But it was incendiary. It became a worldwide trending topic on Twitter for thirty six hours. People hating on him, and now he claims that he is the victim of hate speech. He told the New York Daily News he feels that he was under the impression his honesty was all he was trying to bring across and that it's his life's mission to love all people, I guess except gay people. I mean, that he made one decent point. He said he should be able to express his moral views on social issues that have been the underpinning of Western civilization for 2,000 years without being slandered and accused of hate speech. Now, look, I agree you can express your opinions. I totally agree with that. And those have been the accepted beliefs that, over the history of time, it's been accepted beliefs that being gay is not part of the norm. And that's changing as the world's opening its eyes to, you know, realizing that you wouldn't choose alternative lifestyles if it wasn't something naturally given to you. So that old way of thinking is wrong, but you you can still express it. It's the old order, and you should be allowed to talk about what you believe. But then you can't say it's hate speech and people say you are nuts and you're close-minded and you're an asshole. And I wish we could put you back into the television show Growing Pains. But we can't. We can't go back in time except twice a year for an hour. So there's no one doing that. But Piers Morgan then had on Michelle Bachman and asked her about her thoughts on those comments because she's had a lot of anti-gay statements in her career. And here is her response. He really... Put her. I think he's trying to increase his ratings because he put her to the fire. He asked her about that, challenged her, and then at the very beginning of this clip, you can kind of barely hear him, him mumble under her. He says to her, you're one of the most judgmental people in American politics. And here's her rambly defensive response. Quite hardly. Well, that's rude. You don't, that's absolutely rude. I'm not a judgmental person. Really? No. I'm not being rude, but I mean, you've been very, very outspoken. I believe in traditional values. I believe in marriage between a man and well, a woman. Excuse me, I'm not being rude. But I, if I, read but you I don't the, think that's bigoted. Well, let me read what you said in 2004, um, that being gay leads to the personal enslavement of individuals because if you're involved in the gay and lesbian lifestyle, it's bondage, personal bondage, personal despair, and personal enslavement. That's why it's so dangerous. It's fairly judgmental, isn't it? 
Oh, be brief. I'm, I'm, I'm not here as anybody's judge. I mean, quite honestly, I'm here as a member of Congress and a former candidate who ran for the presidency of the United States. And I believe very firmly that we have got to get the nation back on the right track. We're at- <laughs> I mean, first of all, oh, snap. I mean, he got her strong. It's very like what it just amazes me in public square. Nobody can ever admit that they are wrong. He goes, you're judgmental. She's like, I'm not judgmental. How about when you said these judgmental things? Okay, well, I'm not here to be judgmental today. This one day, I'm not here to be judgmental. When you call me out on my bullshit, mean, hateful statements, when you call me out on it, I'm not judgmental. I'm only judgmental pre-being called out on it and then probably right after being called out on it. But just right when I'm called out on it, I'm not here to be judgmental. I'm here to be a former presidential candidate. Oh, yeah, one who speaks on every issue, right? And let's see how she ended that sentence, okay? Let me just replay the last few seconds of her answer and see where she took it, the end of the sentence, of course, if she take it to this place. I'm not here as anybody's judge. I mean, quite honestly, I'm here as a member of Congress and a former candidate who ran for the presidency of the United States. And I believe very firmly that we have got to get the nation back on the right track. We're at, at pains right now to try and even keep our country together and free from terrorist attempts here in our nation. That's what I keep okay. focused on. Okay. Really, we're at pains to keep ourselves free of terrorist attempts. We don't have that many terrorist attempts. Sometimes these, 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 these people on the very extreme of the conservative right, the religious right, often will just drum up these, these enemies that are like not, it's not like, you know, the ghosts and Pac-Man coming at us every two seconds. It's not like the alligators that pop up in that game where you smash alligators with that soft metal, metal mallet at the arcade at the, at the Chuck E. Cheese, which we will talk about later, Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. During the thunder round coming up just a minute or two. Okay. But occasionally there's some shit, but you can't just fall asleep and then be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Muslim extremist. You can't just get trapped about anti-gay statements and then be saying, look, there's terrorists trying to kill us. We can't talk about things I've said and made issues of when there's terrorists who are coming at us like alligators in an arcade. So the clear follow-up is like there are no alligator-like terrorists popping repeatedly at us constantly. So you're clearly just diverting the issue. Alan Thick, Kirk Cameron's fake father from Growing Pains, took to Twitter to slam the statements made by Kirk Cameron. And he said this, and I'll, I will read it to you in Alan Thicke's voice. I'm getting him some new books. The Old Testament simply can't be expected to explain everything. I don't know if it was a very good Alan Thicke impression. I haven't heard his voice in years, many years. Well, I did one time hang out in his living room. Help him do a weird game show. A story for another time. But, uh, good for you. Good for you for standing up. Um, and slamming your fake son. One actor who actually sided with Cameron, however, was actor Stephen Baldwin tweeting, great job, Kirk. Let's pray one day Piers Morgan finds true salvation. God bless. Which once again proves the old adage. If Stephen Baldwin is the only person on your side, you're wrong. You're not sitting pretty when Stephen Baldwin's your sole supporter. Okay? Uh, what time is it, guys? It's time for the Thunder Round. It's like 
Yeah. I knock on wood all the time, okay? Sometimes not even anywhere near a door or a wood surface. Am I wrong? Study came out this week says that daily alcohol intake may reduce the risk of stroke in women. And that's the only reason I'd ever try to get a woman drunk. To reduce her stroke risk. It's in fact a great pickup line of the bar. Can I, can I reduce your stroke risk? I can? Great. Can I reduce it again? Can I reduce it even further? Bartender, can we keep reducing her stroke risk, please, until, uh, we can go back to my place and, 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 and stroke risk reduce each other. We can reduce each other's risk for stroke sexually. So, it's a good story. Thieves rob Girl Scouts. Really? That's where we're going now as a society? Thieves in Texas robbed Girl Scouts in Texas while they were selling cookies outside of Walmart. These two thieves walked up acting like they wanted to buy some cookies, then grabbed the Girl Scouts' money box and ran. Got in their car. The Girl Scouts chased after them, smacked them up a bit. Criminals still got away, but not without a couple of punches. Listen, I know thin mints are delicious. They're hard to avoid. When you go in someone's house, you open their their freezer, they got a box of frozen thin mints in there. Yeah, you want to rob your friend. Sure you do. But you don't do it. There's something inside your voice saying, don't rob your friend. It's that same voice that's supposed to say, when young girls are trying to learn about good values and working hard instead of being out there on their text, text machines, texting people all the time, they're text machines? I just said that? Am I 150 years old? Point is, you don't rob Girl Scouts. Robo Cheetah breaks robot speed record. There is a robot cheetah. Scientists have made no head even. Doesn't need a head. Just a machine designed for speed. And it copies the motion of a cheetah to run as fast as possible. It goes up to 18 miles per hour. The fastest robot on four legs. Uh, it completely shattered the previous robotic quadrupedal speed record, which was 13.1 miles per hour, set at MIT in 1989, 23 years ago. That's a huge step up. And also, where have the robots... I thought we were getting uh, taken over by robots. It seems like a very slow progression for speed. We go 23 years and only get another 5 miles an hour in robot speed? I feel like I could build a robot in the next couple weeks that would go like 50 miles an hour. Hey, get get, get this. I got a robot downstairs that goes 120 miles an hour. It's called my car. I get it. It's a, it's a vehicle you press. It's not a robot self-operating. Blah, 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 blah. Point is disappointing. Five miles an hour. Sprinkles Cupcakes in Beverly Hills, famous delicious cupcake place, invented the world's first cupcake ATM machine. 24 hours a day, you can roll up and get freshly made Sprinkles cupcakes. This idea is totally gluttonous, unnecessary, and thank God this happened. Because now I get a tankering, that's the right word to use in that phrase, in that sentence, for a cupcake. I don't have to go to the market and buy some old, non-fancy cupcake. Boom, I get one of the top. I get one of the best. An amazing, delicious confectionery treat. Anytime I need it. Although, of course, there's going to be a lot of cupcake jackings right outside that 
ATM machine. You got to wait. Here's what you do. If you want to rob somebody at a, a cupcake ATM, wait till they, somebody orders two cupcakes. When the first cupcake comes out, you smash it in their face. They can't see anything. They got cake in their eyes. You grab the other cupcake and you run. You run out of there. You go home and you eat those because you just ran out of Thin Mints that you stole from Girl Scouts. You sweet treat robber asshole. Britney Spears settles sexual harassment lawsuit by Fernando Flores, bodyguard who worked for her for a very short time, like a couple weeks or whatever. Claimed Britney Spears was a sex-crazed maniac who came onto him and flashed him. So he's suing her. And she's settling now. Listen, I'm not trying to make light of sexual harassment. Okay? I, I'm sure guys can get sexually harassed by girls in certain instances. All I'm saying is, Brittany, if you're looking for a new bodyguard, I'm in. I'll do it. You can sexually harass me till the dogs come home. And then we'll wait with the dogs for the cows to come home while you harass the shit out of me. You could flash me your titties. You could dance on me. You could put snakes in between your, your, your breasts and let the snake do the little dances. I don't even care if you rehearse. I don't care if you got moves. I'll bodyguard you naked. I'll bodyguard you. I'll bodyguard you in a car. I'll bodyguard you near or far with a man named Sam while on top of green eggs and ham. I would never sue you for sexual harassment, Britney Spears. I'd be a slave for you. With the number four and just the letter U. Because that's how English goes. Massive asteroid to hit Earth in 2040? With the question mark at the end? Story submitted to me by at Zep44 on Twitter. Scientists are keeping a close eye on a big asteroid that may pose an impact threat to Earth in a few decades from now. So, we have the more immediate concern of maybe the world will end this year because the Mayans are all over that shit. But this space rock called 2011 AG5 is 460 feet wide, 140 meters. Those of you listening to other countries and can't convert approximately, approximately, approximately. It may or may not smack into Earth in 2040. So researchers now are discussing maybe how can we deflect this thing? We should start talking about it. They need to observe more cycles to see if it really will hit close enough to our orbit to be a problem or not. But, I mean, we gotta, I, I definitely suggest we deflect it. It's not that big. 460 feet? Get a couple sumo wrestlers to like, just inhale and then bunging, just try to bounce it off. It's not the best idea. I'm not a scientist. A man tattooed a murder scene on his chest and is somehow able to cash unemployment checks from jail. A convicted killer who got caught because he tattooed a graphic mural of the murder scene he committed on his chest got more than $30,000 in unemployment benefits while sitting in an L.A. County jail. His name is Anthony Garcia. and His family and friends were cashing the checks for him. They would deposit some of the money into Garcia's own jail account. Um, I feel like when you're in jail, you should not get unemployment because you're not searching for work. That's one of the requirements. So that's not cool. A. B. If you kill somebody, which you shouldn't do, everybody listening, don't kill nobody. But if you're going to kill somebody and you want to get away with it, don't tattoo it on your, on your chest. Cause it's very hard to be like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. 
I wasn't there. I, with this exact image on my chest of the exact crime scene photo you have, I'm a psychic. I'm like the guy in Memento who also is a psychic tattoo artist. And I just, random thoughts come to me. But we gotta find this guy. The guy on the tattoo. Oh, the guy in the tattoo's face also looks just like my face? Listen, there's criminals out there who are getting reconstructive surgery to look like me, and I'm just visioning all this in my dreams. And then tattooing it first thing in the morning, and it hurts. Antonio Banderas was robbed this week. He encountered a mob of fans in Hungary at the airport. Lost his wallet as a result, was pickpocketed while being bombarded by fans at the Franz Liszt International Airport in Budapest on Saturday after heading from the arrival gate to his car. When asked for comment, Antonio Banderas said, This is really wrong. Getting attacked from all sides by beautiful females coming at me, some of them throwing thin mint cookies at me and smashing a cupcake in my face. Fresh my sprinkle of cupcake. What's an Antonio Banderas to do? I like Melanie Griffiths, where are you? My lovely wife. So it's hard to see him go through that. Really hard to see him go through that, guys. Parents realize their daughter's missing by seeing her on the news. Oh, yeah, these are parents of the year here. In Hartford, Maryland, Hartford County, authorities reported that parents did not realize they left their three-year-old daughter at a Chuck E. Cheese until watching the 11 p.m. news. After the story aired, the sheriff's office got calls from both the mother and father who said they thought Harmony left with other family members during the party. The daughter's name's Harmony, by the way. Child Protective Services released Harmony back to her mother after authorities decided it was an accident and no charges are expected to be filed. I'm sorry, but you can't just chalk this up to an oops. This isn't like, oh, I thought she was with her dad. Oh, I thought she was with her mom. Okay? Custody is not, oh, I thought, I thought someone had a, it's a set schedule. You can just assume your infant child. It's a, I don't know if a three-year-old infant, but a miniature human being that could be implanted in Mitt Romney's chest. What if she ended up in Mitt Romney's chest? She could have ended up right in the middle of his chest, hanging out with a conservative businessman who's been miniaturized, making best friends with a guy in a suit who's pumping oil through the veins of a presidential frontrunner. Is that what you want for your kid? I mean, I grant you there are worse places to be left than Chuck E. Cheese. It's actually like a great place to be abandoned if you're going to be abandoned somewhere. I wouldn't mind Chuck E. Cheese, but still the point is shouldn't have happened in the first place. We have one last story, and this week's show is done. Well, two last stories. One story and then a, and then a tribute, if I, w- if I may. But before the tribute, someone who I do not want to pay tribute to is Courtney Stodden. The 17-year-old model or whatever, a pumpkin patch poser, got married to that actor from the Green Mile movie, and that's it. The 51-year-old creepy dude, Duck H- Doug Hutchinson. Courtney Stodden launched her personal website this week, mostly, of course, to feature half-naked photos of herself. Misspelled her own name on the website. She only used one D in Stodden. Stodden is spelled S-T-O-D-D-E-N. She only used one, which is shocking to me because double D's seem very important to her. So, 
wouldn't have thought she would have left one of those out. And honestly, I'm disappointed in her because I expected a lot more from a 17-year-old genius who marries an incredibly creepy old man. I expected so much more. My YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bglebe. Check it out, at Ben Glebe on Twitter, hashtag last week on Earth. I'm also on Tumblr, Facebook. I'll be at Comedy Juice Hollywood March 14th tonight. Ice House, March 22. Irvine, March 27th. Indianapolis. At Morty's Comedy Club, March 29th through 31st. All these dates are at benglebe.com and links to buy tickets on the calendar page. Reminder one last time, if you've always wanted to buy sex toys or videos, okay, you go on adamandeve.com, enter the promo code last week with no gaps in the, in those, in that code when you check out and you get a free bonus gift and three free DVDs and free shipping. And you're doing it just to support intellectual news coverage, not because you want sex toys. Just keep that in mind. It's like the perfect, listen, if this stuff comes in the mail, I'll deal with it. I'll put it somewhere in, in a drawer right near the bed, in some place. I'm doing it to support the coverage and reporting of news. Um, The last thing I'd like to say is, uh I didn't get to mention this last week either, too. I got lost in conversation with Brian Cranston, but um one of my favorite people passed away. Davy Jones of, of the Monkees passed away over a week ago. And that was just sad news because he's such an awesome entertainer and like kind of reminds me of a simpler time. You know, the monkeys were my favorite group growing up, which that point was embarrassing in my life because I realized they weren't even a real group. My dad went to tell me like, they're a fake group. They're on a comedy show making fun of the Beatles. I was like, dad, what are you saying? What are you saying? The monkeys are amazing musicians. Okay. And they did become actually pretty good musicians later in their careers. And you can't ever take, even back in the day, David Jones' voice, his golden voice, his beautiful voice. And he was just a charming entertainer. Such a lovely, seemed like a happy guy. I always got excited when I saw him on shows. Popped up on an episode of My Two Dads when I was a kid. I'm like, oh man, yes, Davy Jones is here. And you know, he guessed it on all kinds of shows. He guessed it on Boy Meets World. Guessed it on the Brady Bunch classic episode. One time I worked as a caterer when I first moved back to LA after, after college to pursue comedy, um, cater at a Davy Jones concert. I felt like I was working with him. I was just close by. I wasn't like in the band, but I was just, you know, putting rice on people's plates. But I felt like Davy was like one point looked over. He's like, that's right. Keep dishing that rice. I didn't want to do the voice. I don't really, uh, I don't want to disrespect the man who I admire with a very bad voice like that. But, um, point is, He's a wonderful entertainer and a great voice and a great guy and part of a band that started fake but became very real to very many people. And um, my brother and I, even growing up, we used to always sing Daydream Believer together, which is a weird fact to share with you guys, but we always did. And the album we had always started with this verbal intro too. He always goes, what number is this, Joe? And we yell at him, 7A! And he goes, all right, man, you don't have to get so excited just because I'm short, I know. And then the song would start. And um, so I found that version of, of the song, and I'll leave you with a little sample of that. A simpler time, simple, nice, uplifting music. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. 7A. What number is this, Chip? 7A. Okay, don't, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. 
This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.